Hi, this is Train by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. And this is the promised um, edition of the podcast about names. And we're going to bring David and Hattie into this so that they can understand that names can be very important. But there are some names that are a little surprising because when it comes to the names of the disciples slash apostles, some of them really don't match their character at all, which is pretty unusual, actually, in Scripture. Normally, they they are somewhat the same. But we'll find some surprising names in the disciples and cover that little area called the area of the Gerasenes here in, or Gergesenes, as it is sometimes translated, with David and Hattie. Hope you enjoy. Hey, David and Hattie. Hi. Hi. Well, David, you know your name is a biblical name. Yeah, I'm named after King David. And Hattie, your name is from Hadassah, which means star, which was Esther's original name. Yeah, we said that before. And my name is a name that um, Elizabeth is specifically mentioned in Scripture. Catherine isn't per se, but it is a word from that time, which means cleansed. Wow! So, I remember I told you that when we went over the disciples, we'd go over the names and what they mean? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Okay. So, what I found out was that Simon, which, by the way, Simon was nicknamed by by Jesus to be Peter or Kepha or Kephas Cephas the rock the rock yeah but Peter um his original name was Simon and there was actually two Simons in the group of the disciples and Simon actually means to listen or hearing so when Jesus says, like, for those that have ears to hear, there were two of his disciples that should have should have felt their ears burn a little bit. Uh, exactly. There, the, that should have happened. Wait a minute. Wasn't Peter always talking and not necessarily listening? Yeah, that does seem a little contradictory at times. But he he was he was supposed to be you know, kind of quiet and docile, and um, that's not what he was at all. And Jesus didn't want him to be. Jesus gave him the name The Rock so that he would stand firm and not be tossed back and forth. So I thought that was interesting. It's also interesting to know that that name for guys was the most common that we found in archaeology, the most common name for guys in the first century AD. So in the time of Jesus, that was the most common name. Wow. And Mary was the most common name for women of that time. Wow. So there would have been a lot of Simons or, and there were derivatives of that name. Simeon. Oh, wait a minute. That's Simeon at, at the beginning of the book of Luke. Yeah, I haven't read that story. Yeah, yeah, there was a Simeon that told about Jesus. So he did listen. 
Yes, he did. And so, really interesting sometimes the the story and the names that go with it. Um, James is actually a form of Jacob. How do you do that? Well, that's a long English transformation. So, Jacob became Jacobus or Jacobus in Greek slash and then into Latin, which became Shemus in like early, early, early English slash Irish, which became James. Oh, so sometimes names change over time. Yeah, they do. Sometimes they change over time. And Jacob is one of those names. Now, Jacob was the, by, by seconds, the second son of Isaac. And he ended up being the one who took the promise. So that name means heel grabber or supplanter. Or in the the sources that I found substitute. So there's a long story with the name of Jacob. Yes, and there were actually two Jameses. There was James the son of Zebedee, and there was James the son of Alphaeus. And because everybody knew who everybody was talking about here, there are some debates about who some of these people were, even in 200-300 AD, not too long after them. But you know how you go to really old photographs in your family? Do either one of you have those? I do in my family. And sometimes there's a little bit of a disagreement about who's who in that photo. Yeah, so that's kind of the difference in some of these names. Because they think Alphaeus and maybe Cleopas were the same person. And Cleopas we'll talk about later. Um, But that would be really interesting because it would make Cleopas a much older man than um, you would think of. Um, But anyway, so, so James and John. John means that, um, God is gracious. Wait, wait, wait. So there was a John the Baptist who was followed by John the disciple, who John the disciple became John the disciple of Jesus, who became John the apostle. Right. So there were two, at least. So this name of God is gracious is was also an interesting name at the time. Now, James and John were nicknamed by Jesus as Boanerges, or the Sons of Thunder, or if you take that as a straight translation, that means Sons of Rage, Sons of Anger. And um, there were two when it came to the Old Testament and the 12 tribes, Levi and Simeon were also were also considered dangerous because they struck out um, and defended the honor of their sister Dinah in their eyes by uh, 
a story we'll cover at some point when we go back to that. And so their father, Jacob, said that they would be separated in the tribes because together they were dangerous. And Jesus has these two sons, and he calls them the sons of anger, the sons of rage, but he keeps them together. They are often in when he takes people off by themselves or to pray or to go up on mountains and that kind of thing. It's often Peter and James and John that go. So he keeps these two together. James was the first um, martyr out of these apostles. There was Stephen the martyr who was first, but James of, of the apostles that followed Jesus this entire time and of this group, he was the first martyr. He was killed by Herod, and Peter was miraculously released. Wow, why does that happen? Well, that's an interesting thing. And there's a there's a, a chapter in a book called Hebrews later in the New Testament that kind of focuses on the fact that sometimes bad things happen, sometimes good things happen. And what's really important isn't the good things or the bad things. What's really important is that they stayed faithful to God through the good or the bad and that they shared God's word through the good or the bad. Oh, that makes sense. So, um, anyway, so John lived the longest of all the apostles. He was probably the youngest, but he lived the longest. And James, the shortest of all of these apostles. Whoa, so they did end up kind of separated. They did end up kind of separated. Then there was Andrew, who is Peter's brother, and his name means brave or manly. Um, but he often took a back seat, too. Yeah, Andrew was a connector, though. If you were, We're going to run into some stories where, you're not, where you will notice that Andrew is the one who connects. And he's also... He was the one who brought Peter to Jesus. Um, if we go to an earlier time when they met with Jesus. So before he called them out of the boat, there's a story in Luke that says that there was an earlier time and that Andrew, Andrew shared with Peter who Jesus was and brought him to, to Jesus. And so the tradition is that he's the very first actual apostle. But he brought some of the others because they were friends. That's a good friend. That is a good friend. So Andrew was a good friend and a faithful follower. Philip Philip's name means friend and horse, which kind of combines to be strong because his name was Philippos in Greek. So some of these are Greek names, interestingly enough. Greek? Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Weren't they in Israel? Well, here's the deal about that. They were in Israel, but Israel at the time was Hellenized. Hellenized? That does not sound good. Well, it wasn't a bad thing. It, in every respect. It did have some of its bad points. And when we get to the who the Gerasenes were, we'll get to the fact that there were some bad points. But uh, Alexander the Great had conquered the, 
the known world to a point at that point, including, um, well, actually he made a treaty with Israel. That's a very interesting story. But um, anyway, and then when he died, his four commanders di divided up the world as it was known into four kingdoms. And then Caesar came and conquered all of that. And they were dominated by Rome. But in, in that process, what had happened was everybody spoke some kind of Greek. Everybody? Kind of like now. One of the most international languages in the world is English. So not everybody may understand English, but in all likelihood, they've heard it at some point. Oh, so there's a likelihood that they understand English. Right. And so the, the New Testament was written in what is called Koine Greek. And Koine Greek was the language of the common people, the language of fishermen. If they were dealing, and as they often did, with others, the language that all of those others would speak would also be this tradesman language Greek. Oh, so there was like formal Greek, and then there was like this slang Greek. Kind of, kind of the slang Greek. Oh, so even though the Romans ruled the world at the time, Everybody kind of spoke this Greek. Yes. And at the time in, in Israel, they also spoke Aramaic, which has its similarities to Hebrew, but is very different, is more related to modern-day Aramaic than it is to Hebrew. Um, so they weren't even speaking Hebrew. Well, in the formal services, they still were. And in their thinking, theologically, they still were, because that's the language that was used when they went to the synagogue. But they taught, or they, again, common language in the area was Aramaic. Wow, that's a lot of languages to sort out. Yeah. And so some of these names are Hellenized names. In other words, they're, they're really Greek in origin. And Philip is one of those. Um, Nathaniel, which sometimes is called Bartholomew, but anyway, um, I wrote in very small, small thing. Barth Nathaniel means gift of God. Um, Bartholomew is interesting because Bartholomew means son of Ptolemy. Ptolemy. So, not really a name, just kind of a son of Ptolemy. Well, the thing is, they think that maybe it was, a, was also a takeoff on son of Ptolemy. Ptolemy was the Greek, was the Greek ruler, was the Greek ruler of Egypt. And he had created a huge library in a city that uh, called Alexandria. And we really don't know where all of that library went. But it was supposed to have the collection of everything. And that was 
everything they could find. He, he was a real collector of all the writings of the world. And he was the one, um, one of the Ptolemies. There were, there were actually, once there was a ruling Ptolemy, then the rest of them took on the name Ptolemy. One of the Ptolemies um, had the Hebrew scriptures translated into Greek because the whole world was Hellenized. They couldn't understand Hebrew. So they wanted this important document in Greek. Wow. And that was called the Septuagint because they had 70 translators do it at the same time. Wow. Why did they do that? Well, they did that because with 70 translators, then the likelihood of something passing through them that was an error um, was pretty unlikely. They were, they were set in separate cubicles, which if you, to this day, go to an older university or even at work, um, you have these little separated spaces. They don't go all the way to the ceiling. There's just these separated spaces with walls and a desk. And so they were set in these, these places to do their own translation work. And the miracle of the Septuagint is that after the 70 scholars got done, and it really is a miracle, if you discuss Jewish scholars, Jewish scholars constantly question, they're constantly looking for different interpretations. So this really is a miracle. The miracle is that when they got done with their Greek version of the Old Testament, they agreed. You mean the entire Old Testament translated into Greek, they all made it the same? Yeah, that is a miracle. It was considered a miracle at the time. So anyway, so this, this Greek had been part of the culture for a long time and even part of the Jewish culture because, because of this importance of Ptolemy and his connection to Israel before um, others attacked um, because Antiochus Epiphanes, who was a northern ruler, um, decided that he wanted to take over more of what had been Alexander's conquering. And so he, he decides to try to take over Judea and then Rome comes in. So, um, anyway, that's that. Um, but Nathaniel means gift of God. Interestingly enough, so does Matiahu or Matthew, gift of God. Wow, how could those both be the same thing? Well, Nathaniel has more of this idea of blessing of God, whereas Matthew has more of this idea of gift, like physical gift. Oh, so sometimes the same word means the same thing, kind of in English, but it doesn't really mean the same thing. Right. There can be different connotations. And so because those languages were different and they, they, they worked a little differently, sometimes we have to be careful about how we understand them in English because the same word, we might use the same word in English for the two ideas, but that was not true in that original language. Oh, that, that, that makes things a little more difficult 
it does sometimes, but actually it it makes things a little more colorful and um, filled in. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's amazing. So, um, Thaddeus, um, interesting guy, uh, ends up with Bartholomew, and Thaddeus is, I just love the name of his name, Thaddeus means heart or courageous. So, wait a minute, wait a minute, so that's kind of like Andrew, but it has this different idea, right, so one means like man, or andropos would have been the greek name that that came from seriously man and courage and brave and the other one came from heart and courage and brave and then we've already talked about simon the zealot and then judas um there was actually another one who was named Jude and because Judas Thaddeus could also be called Judas Thaddeus um, and Judas was the name of Judah name of one of the tribes it was actually a beautiful name but um, obviously Judas the betrayer didn't fill out his name I honestly didn't look him up because I just didn't, but anyway, so moving on, um, and there was Simon the Zealot, and that's a repeat name. The Zealots actually were not a big group at the time of Jesus, but they became more important, and the problem is they, they became more feisty. They got Rome's attention, made Rome mad, and that was the reason their revolt led to ended up in the burning and destruction of Jerusalem altogether in 70 AD. Wow. Yeah, so the zealots really weren't as active, but they were a segment of the society, um, and they believed basically that God was their only ruler, that they weren't going to accept the rule of the government that was over them if it wasn't a godly government. But that's really hard to do. It is really hard to do, and it's not the way Jesus taught. So Simon the Zealot ended up having to change this thought quite a bit. And the fact that Matthew, the tax collector, and Simon the Zealot were both apostles is rather interesting. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, they would be kind of opposed until they figured out that Jesus was more important. And that's the deal with all of us. That is the deal with every argument we ever have. And that is, is Jesus the most important? Always. So if we can agree on Jesus, then everything else should be taken care of, right? Yeah. We just have to ask Jesus to help us through that. Right. So, anyway, back to the Gergesenes, where the guy was, the demoniac was. If they, the only place that follows that description was a city up there. 
whose name was... Because there were ten cities. Loosely considered ten cities, by the way. It wasn't really defined. Um, called Hippos. So back to that idea of horses. And this place was the only place that has that sheer cliff next to the sea. And um, in that area that was talked about that the pigs go off of. Now, there were Jews that lived in that area, but they had so mixed with some of the others. Like, um, there were people that served uh, a god that was considered equal to, was considered a lesser Zeus at the time, one of the Greek gods. Um, and if you, if you, did things just right, then he would bring justice. So he was... So this idea of somebody just coming and bringing order out of chaos was just unheard of. They just didn't really understand that. Um, they were not under Herod's rule. They had been freed from Herod's rule by Pompey. Unfortunately, that led them to emperor worship, Pompey the emperor, P-O-M-P-E-Y. And um, so they worshipped all sorts of things. It was a very strange, whatever goes society. Some of which were some of the Jews that had returned from exile, but really hadn't dug into getting back to their heritage and their roots and their God. So when this guy is healed um, and the demons leave him, then, and he's sent back to these places, it was, it was a bit of a statement of, you've heard about the real God of Israel. Some of you belong by ethnicity, by family, to the real God of Israel, but you don't know who he is. So that guy got to go back and tell them who God really is. Wow. And that he could do stuff nobody else could do. Right. Because for sure, they probably tried everything they knew. And it scared them because this challenged their thought that there could be this ultimate God that was that came to them. Because they thought their ultimate God lived far enough away from them that they could get away with get away with stuff. Um, but that's where that area was. And part of that area is now in the Jordan. Part of it is in the country of Jordan. Part of that area is now in the, in the country of Syria. And a couple of the towns, including Hippos, are part of and Cana actually are part of um, Israel, just like Galilee was. So these were a little north of Galilee and Capernaum, but they were they were um, just different cities with with a little bit of a more mixed population, and the predominant group there were not from Israel. They were Gentiles. 
Wow. So, so, so Jesus had gone into kind of a, a mixed territory to kind of helped him out, figure out who God really was of all the gods. That, that's so confusing, so many gods. It was very confusing. The pantheon was very confusing at the time. There were lots of different gods, and most of them, um, there were so many different stories, and trying to please all the gods was very expensive because you had to spend on sacrifices or trips or whatever. It was just a very arduous thing. And there were unsure results, obviously, because none of these were the real God. And so, and the, and the God of our Bible, our creator God, our God who is God, um, had people representing him in Jerusalem that really didn't believe in him, which becomes obvious later. They believed in the government system. They believed in what they had done. They really didn't believe in him and him alone, which is the reason the Zealots were not the same group as the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Essenes. And the Essenes were also out in the wilderness. They didn't, they didn't believe that what was going on in Jerusalem was right either. So here is, here is the world that Jesus came into, and it was a very mixed world. It was a very confusing world. It was a very dark world. Um, and people just had a lot of confusion. Whoa. That's not good. No. Well, and sometimes that gets reflected when, I mean, people just act like they act. They don't, they, they aren't in into their families or some of those other things. I have friends who don't know about their grandma and grandpa or they don't know about some of the other things because they just moved and they don't have the same structure that my family does. And so they're just kind of confused and trying to figure things out. Exactly. And so because Israel had gone into exile and come back and because... Um, there had been oppression. Antiochus Epiphanes had, had desecrated the temple, taken it over, desecrated it. Um, it had been re, re-consecrated um, by a miracle. And so there were people who were in all stages of who do we follow, what do we do, who's really the strongest, who's really the mightiest. Um, and many of them didn't understand the difference between the spiritual and the physical. And this time was, that's, that's reflected in this mix of cultures at the time. There were two things that really led to the spread of the gospel, though. That was interesting. One was that everybody spoke Greek. Yeah, it's a lot easier when everybody speaks the same language. I could see that. I mean, even if they didn't know it well, they could at least, somebody would know it better than another, and then they could share with the rest of the group. Right. So, 
a lot of that happened. The other thing is that the Romans very strongly believed in being able to move from one place to another, so they constructed roads. That's a good idea. So it was easier to get from one place to another. Yeah, so Jesus comes at a time when there's roads in one language. Yes, which really um, is interesting. It really is interesting. Uh, because there haven't been, since that time, one language, per se, until, like I said, most people understand English now. But there have been conventions where people... Um, because a lot was written in Latin after Rome came to Christianity. There have been scientists that spoke in Latin to each other. Oh. But now you can get translation from Google. You can. Some of it's not really great, but you can get translation from Google. And so our world is becoming a place, again, where we can all understand each other. Does that mean that God's going to work with us again? I hope so. In such a powerful way? I hope so. Because we've got to be ready for Jesus to come back the second time. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So everybody needs to know the good news of Jesus, right? That's a lot of translation. It is. It is a lot of translation. Now, this seems like a very odd little little story because we really didn't get to a story, but there are lots of stories mixed in here. There are lots of stories. Now, let me give you the kicker. So, since you've listened this long, God, in Hebrew, the name, name. So, in other words, we use the word name for name. They use the word Shem for name. Wait a minute, like Shem, Ham, and Japheth, like Noah's sons, like Shem? Yeah, they used that name for the word name. And many, many, many times in Scripture, God is called by the name as his title. Wow! Like the name above all names? Yes. So names are very important because every every name is derived from the name above all names. Wow! That's kind of cool. Isn't it, though? So it's worth studying the names in Scripture because they give you so much more. Let's pray. God, you cared so much about each thing, each animal you chose Adam to give them their names, each peoples you've chosen to give them names. Throughout history, we do a lot with names. Mankind sometimes now even wants to mix and match names. Which really doesn't work, but God, you, your name is so important, and your name is the name above all names. And we just thank you for the names 
of the men that turned the world upside down. And their mission to spread your name and your story. Jesus, help us to take your story even further in this day and time when translation is getting easier and easier and the world is getting smaller and smaller every time that happens. You have led a new renewing spark in getting to know you. And Lord, we just know we're preparing for your second coming by spreading your message. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. In your precious name, amen. To you be the kingdom and the power and the glory and the honor forever and ever. Amen. 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 Can't wait till we get back to the next story. Uh, thank you, David. Whoa. Thank you, Hattie. Yeah, we'll get back to stories next time. But but include the name stuff. That's kind of interesting. Will do. See you guys. God bless you. This is Catherine Elizabeth with Train Right Grace 2. I hope you enjoyed this segment with David and Hattie about names and importance, the names of the disciples and importance, and a little bit of history. And I hope you continue to follow God, the name who has the name above all names, the name from which all names are taken. God bless you. God loves you. Remember, you are one of his excellencies. Proclaim his story in your life today. by grace too and if you're listening to this podcast i wanted to say thank you and there are various things you can do as a next step number one if you need to know more about jesus being your savior and lord please get a hold of me via email at trained by grace to all one word trained by grace trained t-r-a-i-n-e-d by grace to at gmail.com and put in the subject line podcast um, for all of these options. So if you need to know more about Jesus, please get a hold of me. Or someone you know who knows Christ. Um, if you would like to be part of this prod- podcast proclaiming His Excellencies, you can put subject line podcast. would like to be part of proclaiming God's Excellencies. If you would like to have a resource, have a Bible sent to you, please put that in the email. If you have a prayer request, put that in the email. So thank you for getting in touch with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And may you be blessed um, and know Jesus is your Savior and Lord. And remember, you are one of God's excellencies.